3: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. We have one of our Zoom coaching sessions. This one was with Anna, who was talking about something that I know Vanessa and I talk a lot about, which is sort of this idea of, you know, balancing masculine and feminine energy, right?
1: Yeah. And how does that show up in our lives, right? Because I think for many of us, the idea of masculine and feminine maybe seems a little. I don't know, out there, like it seems a little not like here with us on earth. And and I think the reality is when we say masculine, it's it's pretty simple. It's like this space of doing and achieving and constructing and making sure things, you know, work properly. And um, you know, the feminine is just much more of this idea of being more receptive and open to flow and letting things kind of go where they may and softening. And I think that a lot of us, especially women, struggle with that. Mm. Uh, It can feel a little unsafe and especially as we talk about with Anna when you were kind of raised to be that way.
3: Yeah, I'm always so struck by how often what we're talking about when we get into these spaces. And certainly this has been alive this year with everything that's happened mm-hmm. with COVID and the pandemic. But you know, when we get into these spaces where we're no longer in this productivity space mm-hmm. and we have to slow down, how all the things sort of start to come to the surface. And it can be a real opportunity for us to look at maybe some of the things that we haven't addressed for our whole lives, right?
1: It starts to make us question what our value
3: is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like if I'm not doing, if I'm not fixing, then who am I, right? If I'm not all of these roles that I've sort of been in, then who am I without all of those, those things that I use to describe myself? If I'm not everything to everyone, then who am I to myself?
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm. I think this is going to be one that, you know, a lot of people can just connect with. So I hope this is a helpful session for you guys to listen to.
3: Mm. Enjoy guys.
1: here today with us and so Anna wrote in about something that I think Danae and I can both very much feel on a deep level She's been single for a while, it sounds like, right? And um, really struggling with this idea of balancing kind of masculine and feminine energy, right? So masculine being very do, 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 um, you know, organizing, moving forward, putting things in a box and like getting things done, structure, right? Feminine being more of kind of the being rather than the doing and the flow and, um, you know, just, yeah, flow. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, I mean, obviously I want to hear it from your perspective, but... It sounds like something that I know, like I said today, and I have struggled with ourselves, so I'd love to hear kind of how it's showing up for you, especially around dating and yeah, I'll let you take it from there, okay, well, thank you for having me, of course, mm-hmm. and yes, this is
0: something I think I feel like almost everyone started in childhood, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the oldest of four siblings, and um, you know, I come from a hispanic uh, household, so it's almost expected out mm-hmm. of the oldest child to help the parents right uh, to help with the siblings to help clean up help pick up etc cetera, etc cetera. and for the longest time I thought that was normal right I thought okay well that's an ex, you know that's what's expected of us that's fine whatever but uh, I started to do some work on myself obviously over the last few months and I've started to realize that I'm like no that's actually not very normal <laughs> so mm-hmm um i think that started there the the you know making decisions uh for stuff that should have been for adults to do i guess mm. so like you said you know structure 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 do 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 there is no rest time no downtime if you have downtime you're being lazy sort of thing right. and so you know i have leadership attributes which i'm fine with but i feel like everything combined together mm. i in a, from a dating perspective that can be a little emasculating. And again, that's something I didn't realize until very recently. Um, the last person I dated, he's a great guy, but he was trying to take leadership, right? You know, take the wheel, whatever. And unconsciously, I was fighting him. Um, so, um, you know, things didn't, you know, they ended well, right. It was, kind of like you know this is not a good time for either of us that was right before the pandemic hit actually you know that ended the pandemic hit I got a new job so there were a lot of changes uh, Mm -hmm. for me kind of all at once and that's when this eureka moment came over me and I'm like Mm -hmm. okay I think I may need help from a lot of perspectives but from that perspective like okay you can be a little too in control sometimes and you Mm -hmm. need to slow it down but I'm having a hard time kind of like, how do you do that? Like, how do you even just let go and let that happen? And just, especially now with everything going on, um, and I live by myself, my family lives in Colorado, I live in Florida, I have only a couple of friends here. So I have to have eyes on everything, make all the decisions. So it's being hard to have that feminine energy all of a sudden just pop up when i'm having again to to take the wheel because that's what i have to do uh so i don't know i mean what are you guys saying what any feedback or <laughs> something i don't know i just feel like i need a, a little guidance here
3: yeah um you know it's funny i think vanessa and i are both like nodding so hard as you're talking anna because it's It is such um, a relatable struggle and certainly one that I I think women um, come up against so often in um, a society that has sort of put us in a double bind. And I know for Vanessa and I, we've had a lot of conversations around how this has shifted for us and almost become even more difficult since becoming mothers. It sounds like you were a very maternal figure in your life starting pretty early. And it's funny, you know, we would think that when we are in Um, our maternal energy, we would be in our most feminine, but it's actually the opposite. It's actually a very masculine doing, figuring out structure, must happen, getting it done space, which then can, to Vanessa's point, when she was first introducing you, sort of leave us with a little bit of where is the space where I am in the receiving, the allowing, the being, the flowing. And you know, what's interesting to me is I'm thinking as you're talking, how much just this space of um, vocalizing what's coming up for you is a very feminine space to be in, right? Like just reaching out to Vanessa and I and giving yourself the space to connect on, like, this is what it feels like. That is a very feminine way to sort of drop into the space of like, how do I do this? You're doing it, right? Like, (laughs) this okay, is that's good we, to know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is where we start to create some space for that feminine energy, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, what I will say is that, um, I, similar, I mean, obviously not the cultural background, but similar, you know, the oldest was put in a situation of kind of being the caregiver very early on. Uh, and you see how that trickles out into your life and your relationships. Right. And, what I will say is part of the work around it is to sit with and question what your fear is around letting go of control. Because while it's a role that you're very familiar and comfortable with and was kind of gifted to you, if you will, by your family, I think what happens is we step into that role very young and it becomes such a such a deep part of us, uh, but there's a lot of fear around letting it go. And like logically we can say, okay, this isn't working anymore. And that's great. Like today's point, you're in that space, which is great. You're like open and you're ready to do the work and you're talking about it. And like, we get it, like we understand it. And yet the actual doing of the thing um, yeah. is scary, right? <laughs> and it's harder, the, yeah. the relinquishing of control is, is kind of terrifying. And so some of it is also sitting with that fear. Like, what are you mm. afraid of if you let go of control?
0: Right, and you know, again, because I, I said, you know, I've been doing some work on myself, and you know, I have a lot of codependent, uh, you know, features, obviously, mm-hmm. um, so that I feel like also plays into it.
2: Mm-hmm
0: um the the wanting to have control just because I'm afraid of catastrophe mm-hmm. and that's that's everywhere that's family wise that's relationship wise that's in my work environment mm-hmm. with my friends. I'm always everyone's mother, right mm-hmm. trying to protect people or so I think mm-hmm. um but I'm coming to find out that that's not really my place or something I should be doing, and mm-hmm. it's actually very just not a good thing, <laughs> you know, like no.
1: I think it's important to say uh, that it's not necessarily that it's not a good thing, because I think we can get into this place of judging ourselves and beating ourselves up for those qualities really easily. And I think, as a codependent, um, myself included in this one, we take on the blame very easily, and we're much quicker to kind of jump to to bashing ourselves, right, and getting into that right. shame spiral. What I will say is that the, the behavioral characteristics that you're talking about, yes, can be very much aligned with codependency. And a lot of the stuff I always like to say can either be your superpower or your kryptonite. It just depends on how well you understand it and whether or not you know how to work with it and kind of control it, or are you letting it control you? So, right, in in the majority of the helping positions, like nurses and therapists and all these things, you will find a lot of codependence because we tend to be very empathetic, very helping people. Um, But how much is it running our lives versus us showing up and giving empathy when appropriate or when needed or when asked for versus almost like shoving that caretaking and empathy (laughs) down somebody's throat, right? Right. Uh So some of the work is also that, like finding what your line is and your balance between showing up in that space where somebody is willing to receive it versus you doing it for your own feelings of anxiety and discomfort right just to calm
0: them down but not really necessarily looking at what is doing to the person on the other end so yeah I know I'm, I'm learning all of that and it's been uh like I said it's been quite an eye-opening experience uh because again I for the longest time I thought that all of these behaviors were you know just kind of like you know normal it's I see. I seem like everyone around me is on that same boat mm. so you never realize that you're in the boat you know because everyone around you is in the same boat Till mm. so someone brings it up to your attention like hey you and it was actually the guy that I dated last for a couple of months he was like I noticed that you care about everyone mm. but you it's not like you don't care about you but you I mean you most of your care is placed on other people, but what about you? And yeah. for the first time in my life, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, And I, he didn't say it to hurt me or to judge me or nothing like that. He was just making an observation, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, okay, there is something going on here, obviously. I need to figure out what's going on. I need to explore this. Um and like I said, is when the pandemic hit, when him and I broke up, you know, everything. And then I was just like, all right, time to work on myself and mm-hmm. try to figure this out. Um, but yeah, and so that whole balancing the feminine, the masculine energies, it's just been difficult because I'm single, you know, I've been single for a while, like Vanessa said, uh, for a few years now. And so I have to take care of myself, you know what I mean? There is like, I don't have someone that I can maybe let go and you know, be like, okay, he can take care of that, or I don't have to worry about that, or I'll let him guide me a little bit. There is none of that, so I'm just having a little bit of a hard time finding my balance there.
3: Yeah, yeah. What I love so much about the awareness that you're speaking to, Anna, is I feel like Vanessa, this is something that you know you sort of bring up a lot, which is that you know, in this space of codependency, we are actually in a space of sort of distracting. From ourselves, right? So if I'm focused on everybody else and how everybody else is doing, I don't really have to tune into me. I don't really have to be present with whatever discomfort might be there to discover when I'm, you know, alone and there's no one to fix and there's nothing to help with. And here I am by myself and oh, what is here for me to discover, right? Um, and you were sort of speaking a little while ago about like the catastrophes that could come up. And what I would be curious to do is to sort of stay in that space of what are the catastrophes I'm imagining, right? Like I like to do this thing of let's play the tape through, right? Like whoever it is that I'm attempting to sort of keep from um, walking into a space of something horrific happening, let's play the tape through on this scenario of what the worst case scenario is. Like if I sort of remove myself from the scenario, what might happen? How might they handle it? How might they step into their own power a little bit if I get out of the way and sort of allow them to navigate whatever comes up, right? And I think we can do that in each moment, right? Like my little sister has this thing. I can see how awful this is going to be for her. I need to save her from this. It's like, well, maybe, but let's stay with the thought, right? Like If I don't insert myself into the situation, what might happen? How might she figure out how to navigate it? What might she learn from that? Figuring out how to navigate it that I might be robbing her of if I sort of jump in there and do it for her. You know what I mean? That's
0: very true. That is very true. That's that's the perfect, I think, word is robbing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Robbing people of their opportunity to show up in their own life. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, I think that's the perfect
1: way to put it. Yeah. And I want to also say that it's not It doesn't seem crazy to me that it's showing up and it's kind of rearing its head during this time. Right? Like I think this is a time of really heightened anxiety for everyone. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who have a hard time with control, even more so because oh my God,
2: yes. we have no control over <laughs> what's
1: happening, right? We have no idea when it's going to be over. We have no way, there's nothing for us to control, which is making us feel even more like we want to control, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think there's a little bit of compassion to give yourself in that and understanding that, like, you're not alone in the fact that right now everyone's anxiety is like on a level 11 right now.
2: Yes.
1: Um, and so I, I would say, breathing into a space of, like, I'm not alone in this. And also what I heard you say a little while ago was this idea of, okay, I'm single right now. So I don't have somebody maybe like, you don't have a space to maybe practice some of these skills because you're single. And kind of what Danae was saying, I actually think that some of the work, um, you're right, it is relational, right? It does get kicked up by relationships, but some of this stuff can come up just even on our own, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff, if you're working, to your point, you see yourself doing it in work, its you're still having opportunities to explore the discomfort and explore these feelings that come up. It just might not be in a romantic partnership right now. And so I would almost say Actually, that's kind of great because you have the opportunity through friends, family, and work to do some digging so that when you do find the person that you want to date next, you've got a little bit of experience under your belt around, ooh, I'm doing that thing again. Let me step back and take a breath. Or let me be vulnerable in this moment and express to him, here's what I wanted to do. In this moment, I want to step in and control and do X, Y, and Z because I'm worried about this. But I'm gonna to choose to not, almost like running it through, right? I like to tell okay. people if you talk it out with them, it lets them in on your inner world. You kind of have an opportunity to work on some of that stuff beforehand. Yeah. So I would actually ask, you know, maybe with the time we have left, like, are there any examples, um, you know, that are coming up for you maybe in work or in family? You know, Danae gave a good example of like a fake situation with a sister that you have found yourself, I guess, being more aware or struggling with this.
0: Yeah, I feel like with my family perhaps happens a lot. Um, my mom tends to rely on me a lot for mm. a lot of things. Mm. And so lately, um, like my two brothers, they got into a, you know, this, yeah, it was like a f- sort of fight a few months ago. And my mom just came running to me. She texted me. She's like, well, you know, your brothers are fighting. I'm like, I know that they had, you know, a, kind of like a discussion. I'm like, mom, just let them figure it out. Mm. it's I mean it's okay It's. Mm. I mean they're not going to stop talking to each other it was a discussion about politics I'm like really like we're going to stop talking to each other because of politics no that's not going to happen I mean they're just going to have to you know the tension is going to have to come down on their own mm. and you know we'll we'll be fine but, but let it just marinate for a second we don't mm. need to come to the rescue like that's not we're not going to do this just I don't know just let it go And How sure that enough, a few days later yeah a few days later they were fine but I'm like see we did not need to do this
1: so how was it for you though like how did it feel to actually say that to mom and actually sit it in was hard
3: yeah yeah
0: it was hard because I did want to say something I did I, I wanted the uncomfortable whatever right to go away I mm. wanted it to go away but I'm like no I just have to realize that this is going they're going to be fine and it was fine so that was it a good uh, situation for me too, because I learned from it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but I find myself having to push back a lot on my mom because mm-hmm. of that, because she relies on me a lot. And you know, she was a single mom for most of her life. So I understand, right? Uh, but also, you know, lately I've been like, mom, we're adults. Like you don't have to be the helicopter mom anymore. You you just take care of yourself. It's okay. We're gonna be fine. We, you know, it's fine um so it's uh you know it's yeah it's I don't know it's difficult it's it's a funny probably dynamic in that way
3: yeah Um, you know I have found that one of the most challenging aspects of when these codependent tendencies creep in is to sort of stay with ourselves through the experience of someone else not being happy with me right so I sort of set the boundary that I'm not going to involve myself in my brother's communication like that is for them to work out with one another. Mom has a really strong reaction to that. And my work is to stay with myself like, (sighs) she's frustrated with me. It's okay though. I don't have to fix this for her. I don't have to make it like, we will be okay too. Mm -hmm. She can have her feelings. Like she can be upset with me. I don't have to fix that. And, um, a lot of times like the more difficult work is can I talk myself through all of the discomfort that starts to like bubble up to the surface around yeah. mom's mad at me. Uh you
0: know? Yeah, no, it is. It is very difficult. And you would think that, you know, I'm 35 years old, That for a 35 year old, that would be a little easier. Nope. No, it isn't.
3: Girl, <laughs> it <isn't. laughs> nope. Preach into the choir. <laughs>
1: and you know what? It's probably going to be, I-, I would guess that mom is going to be one of the hardest ones for you, right? Because mm-hmm. you have been her support system for so long. And she also relies on you to fix the anxiety for her right? Like you do this, Anna, you take this on, you make it better, not just for them, but for me, because Mm -hmm. I'm uncomfortable that they're fighting. I'm uncomfortable that they're uncomfortable. And so she's literally going to you to circumnavigate, right? Like her own anxiety. And so part of that, and and to what Danae said, like there might be some pushback. I'm going to say there probably will be some pushback (sighs) from mom as you continue to practice this skill, because you're not only doing it for yourself, you're actually kind of forcing her to sit in her anxiety too. And she probably won't be very happy about that in the beginning, especially while she's just starting. Um, But I think that this is exactly it. These are the examples that I'm talking about where you don't need to be in a romantic relationship to start working on the codependent crap, right? (laughs) Like definitely comes up. um, If, if we are, I guess, tapped in enough to what Danae said, you know, which is like the, oh, I'm feeling this discomfort. Okay. Take a breath. What's going on for me? Can I sit with this? Can I not jump in and act? Right. That's that doing versus being.
3: The beautiful thing I think about what you're saying, Vanessa, is as I don't get in there and fix it for mom, I'm also modeling for her how it's done. Right. So she has to, like, she has no choice, but to sit in that discomfort because Anna's not going to take it for me. So now that I have no choice, but to sit in it, I also learn, okay, the boys worked it out. They're okay. And actually, guess what? Anna didn't fix it for me and I'm okay too. We're all actually like, we can feel those feelings and we're going to be okay on the other side of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, this has been very helpful, very, you know, uh, you know, provides more guidance definitely because like I said, I've been just struggling with that. I'm like, how do I give myself that space to, again, bring that more feminine energy out because I do, and I can see that, you know, Mm -hmm. I have way more masculine energy. Like it's way up there. And the feminine energy is like way down here. And my therapist and I have talked about it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, I think that that's probably what I'm struggling with the most right now. Like when do I give myself that? How do I even give myself that space? So
1: I think pausing Mm -hmm. and questioning in itself is a more feminine trait, right? So taking a breath, taking a pause, questioning yourself, asking what the fear is, right? I think that's really important. That should be kind of something that really you weave into your vernacular. Like, what am I afraid of, right? If I don't act, what am I afraid will happen, right? And I actually think that you can see that probably creep up Across every facet of your life. So, in this moment, ask yourself: It's like Danae said, playing the tape, right? Like letting it run through. What am I afraid of is going to happen if I don't step in and save? If I don't step in and fix? If I don't step in and pick up the slack? What am I afraid is going to happen? And not just for that person, but for me. Mm. Because that, I think, with codependent behavior, is one of the one of like the biggest kind of nuggets. Is it's it reflects on me. Like if I don't fix. I'm not worthy of love. If I don't step in and save, I'm not proving that I'm lovable. Mm. And I think that part is, is, is potent.
3: Yeah. The other thing that I just wanted to sort of slip in and speak to that I heard you saying in the beginning, Anna, is like how much I sort of grew up with this idea as so many of us, um, Mm -hmm. did that, you know, you need to be productive if you're not doing something like figure out something to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, And I think part of that, like dropping into the space of my feminine is also how can I push back on that idea a little bit and nurture myself, right? I relate to that, that experience of that so much. I think I had last Sunday a day off and, you know, didn't have my kiddo and all of a sudden was like, I have nothing to do and I'm going to make the choice to give myself a nap, to nurture myself. And it was like, was that a restorative experience? Just a little bit of like, Danae, what do you need that you're going to give yourself permission to take right now? And Mm -hmm. I think the more that you can sort of, like how can I be nurturing to me? You know, as a single woman, like how can I take care of myself in a way and really tap into what am I hungry for that I'm gonna give myself space to feel and allow for? Um, And that is a little bit how we start to practice slipping into those spaces as well, I think.
0: Yeah. Definitely sounds like stuff that I can do for you know, for sure, Um, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, being single, not having kids, it's, it gives me the space and the time to really work on those things, right, to really be aware of things, mm-hmm. um, and obviously with the pandemic being isolated, it definitely puts the mirror right in front of you, and you either take the, the opportunity to work on it, and, and really as difficult as that is, because it is, it is very difficult, Um, but it's also very productive and it's, um, it's, it's been a, I want to say like a beautiful experience. It's been really hard, but it's Mm -hmm. been also beautiful, you know, to be able to recognize all of these things and go through, through all of this, um, I don't know, like the cognitive dissonance part of the program, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's,
1: it's really interesting, um, actually the things I've learned lately. So pay attention to how much you put on your plate in this world of self-discovery and self-betterment yeah. that then becomes more doing. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And more high standards yeah. to hold yourself to. Yes. And more that things that there's a potential for you to fail at. Like start to notice that stuff too, because I will say at least in the beginning, actually I shouldn't say at least in the beginning because I still do it too. We will will have a tendency of going there too, right? It's like, well, I'm not better yet. I'm not fixed yet. I shouldn't be struggling with this still. I need to do this better. I need to learn about this. And it's like sometimes, actually, the work for you is what Danae was saying is just like, oh, I have an hour off right now. Let me take a breath and actually ask myself, okay, what do I need mm-hmm. right now? If I'm not gonna do right, what do I need?
3: Yeah, and like, how much can I honor? How much I've already done, like yeah. how far I've come. Like, there's so much self-awareness, Anna, as you speak already. Like, can I honor that as well? Can I give myself mm-hmm. some credit for for where I am in this moment?
0: You know? Right. Yeah. Be a little bit easy on me, because yes, I yes. think that I, I I am I'm I'm a little bit hard on myself. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 A lot yeah, of us are no, our, I, biggest, I, our biggest, our hardest critics, right? yeah I know that's that's for sure so yes no Vanessa you hit the you know the nail (laughs) in the head yes yeah because it it can become overwhelming sometimes right too much information like too much too soon and then you're just like you don't even know what to do so yes no that that is a very good point
3: (laughs) she called it out because game recognized game right
1: (laughs) Uh Yep. I'm like, oh, that's I put right. on my to-do list, how much more self, you know, work I need to do. And then it's like, well, that exactly. kind of point, doesn't it?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. How many
1: more books I need to read? How many more podcasts can I listen to? Yeah, right. no, I definitely. Right. And then that's a hiding, right? That's a form of hiding because then we get into our logic and our brain and we're thinking and that's great. It's important to understand like the, the theories and the ideas and whatever, but it's also, it's not, that's not the being, that's the doing. So you're getting into the masculine and it's great to understand the stuff, but when it sticks and it starts to actually show up in your life is when you pause and breathe and sit with it instead of constantly digging and devouring and all the things. So you just got to find that balance between the two.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Thank you.
3: Well, we really appreciate you, Anna, for bringing this topic forward, because I know it's something both Vanessa and I talk about, struggle with a lot, and I know that the three of us aren't alone, so I think it's a really useful topic for us to sort of dig into, so thank you.
0: Yeah, I know. no, thank you for having me. This was a very, I think, productive, you know, discussion, definitely <laughs> brought up some things that, you know, that I can continue to, to work on to, again, find that balance, Mm -hmm. Um, with both energies, for sure.
1: Well, keep us posted. Send us an email and let us know how you're doing, okay?
3: Okay, I will do that. All right, take care, Anna. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.